This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We are back this week. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashwell. What's going on, everybody? Good to be back, Tyler. Yep, and we are excited. We are talking about transgenderism today. Yes, we're going to talk about biology, mythology, right? Yes. And the transgender movement and getting into some common myths that are being told in our own day and age. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot to unpack about this, but again, we're just focusing on uh, the mythology and some... Um, uh, things that culture and society confuses on human beings, right? And basic uh, biological functions. Yep. And so we're going to get into that. But before we get into that, this is Christ Culture and Coffee, and mm-hmm. Robbie has a coffee tip for us. So here's the thing, and this should scare all of us. Um, mm-hmm. I did not know this, actually. Okay. <laughs> until I recently found out. Um, but in a 16-ounce cup of coffee, which is kind of like a, like a medium cup of coffee, right? Black sure, coffee. Sure. There is the same amount of caffeine in a 16-ounce cup of coffee as there is in nine and a half cans of Coke. Wow, that's... You, you know what that yeah. actually tells me more than anything is I'm good to drink as much Coke as well, I dude, want. that's it's what like, I was thinking too. I was thinking that. I was like, what was my mom so worried about? There must not be that much caffeine I, in Coke, that's right? That's strange. I actually, I always, like, I don't know what it was. I grew up actually thinking that um, Coke had more caffeine than a cup of coffee. No. And the reason I believe that, one time when I, I was at a tailgating party, mm-hmm. I was inhaling a ton of smoke uh-huh. uh, from a tailgate party at uh, the Cardinals. It's when they made the NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah, like 45 years yeah, ago. Yeah, That's awesome. uh, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but I ended up getting an asthma attack, and mm-hmm. some paramedics came over to help out, and they they literally like asked for me to drink a Coke because they said the caffeine okay. would like help me, like my system, like help me uh, breathe a little easier like yeah. I guess and uh, like in my head ever since then I just uh, built in this assumption thinking there must be more caffeine in coke because no. I don't think a coffee would have done but nine and a half yeah maybe if they That's were giving ridiculous. you a coffee you could have gone into Cardinal Stadium and helped them win oh the it's NFC true yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that would have been a yeah, good idea yeah. right? well they did win but uh, they lost <laughs> oh, the Super yeah, Bowl yeah. that was the year they went to the Super Bowl was it like 2007 it was that was a long time that's ago. when it happened I was a little Jeez, kid I was yeah. only three years old <laughs> yeah, right. that's insane yeah wow yeah Exactly, but that's that's what happened to me. So that's interesting. I, like, nope, I, there's way more ca- caffeine in a black coffee than there is in Coke. Yeah, that's nine really, and a half times as much. Really fast, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So if you want to be caffeinated, drink coffee, and if you want to have less caffeine or wean yourself off of it, you can use soda. Yeah. Now I think yeah. the sugar and stuff's bad for you. Sure. Soda, sure. but you know whatever. But that's the coffee tip for today. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. So we are going to start up with the topic now. So uh, to just kind of break this down for you guys, we want to touch on first, this is going to be uh, very broken down. We want to touch on what is a myth, right? Yeah. What is a myth? And now now there is the definition of like mythos, right? The story of the people. That's what it means. That's yep. what it means. Story of the people. Uh-huh. A myths express the beliefs and values about important issues within a certain culture. Yeah, if you think about like Greek mythology, Roman mythology, mm-hmm. they were communicating their beliefs yeah, through yeah. these stories. Of course, yeah, yeah. And so we have a similar thing happening in our society where there are stories and definitions and terms that are communicating beliefs 
that are out there, but the problem is they're mythological beliefs. They're not real. Yeah, it, and it's we need true. to be able to spot the myths. And so uh, I want to use a, a really powerful illustration about the power of myth with the famous story. And again, you've probably heard of this, but I don't know how many people go and read it. Sure. It's called yeah. The Emperor's New Clothes, and it was written by Hans Christian Andersen, the same dude who wrote The Little Mermaid. Yeah, he, yeah. he wrote a lot of stuff. He did, yeah. Yeah, and he, he didn't he do the, the thing that Frozen's based yeah, off Yeah, Snow Queen Snow or Queen. Like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, like, lots of things. He did, go. he wrote a lot of stuff. But this is a short story, and it is fascinating. So, um, basically... I want to share with you, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to read to you portions of it. So there's this rich king, and he really likes to buy fancy stuff for himself. And then there's these um, these criminals, basically, who come and say, hey, we have the finest clothes in all the land, yeah. and you need to buy our clothes. And, and then this is a quote from the story. It says, not only were their colors and patterns uncommonly fine, but clothes made of their special cloth had a wonderful way of becoming invisible to anyone who was unfit for his office or who was unusually stupid. So these guys come and they trick this king and say, we make such beautiful clothes and we use such fine material that sometimes people can't even see them because they're so nice. But if people can't see them, it's because they're stupid or because they're not fit for their job. So, okay, who wants to be stupid or not fit for your post in life? Nobody, right? Yeah, Nobody. Yeah. So they're setting it up to where nobody's going to say they don't see them because nobody wants to be called stupid or unfit for their job. Mm. So... The king's like, I want these clothes. I'll pay you whatever you want. And they ask for all this gold and stuff. And they're like making clothes for months in this room. Yeah. And the king's getting anxious about it. And he's like, okay, I want to go check and see how their progress is coming. But then he stops himself and he goes, wait, if I don't see the clothes, then it's because I'm not fit to be the king yeah. or I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't want to go check in on it. So he sends somebody else. And the other guy goes in and it says they, they hold up a like a like a uh, clothes hanger yeah. and they're like what do you think we're finishing it up and there's nothing on it because these guys are tricking everybody but the guy who went to check on it he's not going to tell the king i didn't see anything because he doesn't want the king to think he shouldn't have his job or that he's an idiot so he goes back to the king is like it's looking great beautiful amazing you're gonna love it the king like sends another guy that that guy does the same thing the day comes for the king to try on his new clothes and the guys come in, and it says that all the king sees is a coat hanger. They're waving around, and they're explaining how long it is and how beautiful, and it's going to fit just right. And it's so light, he's not even going to feel anything. <laughs> and it says that he doesn't want to be an idiot or not fit to be king, so he goes along with it. Mm. And they make yep. him strip down completely butt naked, and then they act like they're putting these invisible clothes on him. But he's just naked. Yeah. But everybody in the court's like applauding and acting like these clothes are so beautiful because nobody else wants to call it out because they don't want to be called stupid or unfit for their post. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the king then is encouraged by these guys. They're like, why don't you go outside? Why don't you parade yeah. around? Why don't you show everybody your new clothes? So he goes and parades down the street in the new clothes. And by this time, you know, months or years later, everybody in the kingdom's heard about these fancy clothes. Nobody wants to act like they don't see them, but nobody actually does see them. Yeah. They're all pretending mm -hmm. and buying into this myth, this story that's not real. Eventually, a little kid looks and he says, but he hasn't got anything on because that's reality, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is what the story says. The whole town cried out at last, he hasn't got anything on. 
the little kid alerted everybody to the reality. <laughs> yep. The emperor shivered, for he suspected they were right. But he thought, this, proce- this procession has got to go on. So he walked more proudly than ever as his noblemen held high the train that wasn't there at all. The first nudist parade. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so the, the power yeah. of suggestion, though, the power of myth that these are real things. And if you can't see them, you're an idiot or you're not fit for your position in life. Mm-hmm. And the bullying of that that made people pretend there were clothes on their naked king. Yeah. And that that so. With that in yeah. mind, let's talk about how this is taking place yeah, here and now. Yeah. Well, the same type of thing is taking place in our culture today. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just a story. No. It's not fantasy. Like, this is actually happening today. It is. Uh, we're being told a myth that many people are pretending is true, and sadly, it's hurting tons of people. Yes. So many people are being hurt by this. It is. And, and the thing is, uh, the reason we're talking about this uh um, today specifically is that Christianity stands for people uh, being who they truly are. This is an important point because a lot of times, you know, people will say um, we want people to express who they really are in the manner yeah. of their gender identity and mm-hmm. being transgender. And as Christians, we say the exact same thing. We want people to be who they truly are. It's not like one side wants people to be and express no, no. who they are and one side doesn't. We both want the same thing. We want people to be who they truly are, mm-hmm. right? So that's a Christian perspective. Yeah, you want to be able to... We want human beings to be able to express themselves yeah, for who they are. for who they actually are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the question that needs to be discussed, though, and settled is who are human beings truly? Like, who... Who is it that we really are? That's the key. Yeah. Because I think all of us would say that living out a lie is harmful for people. Yeah, yeah. So we have to decide who really are we before we can know how to be who we really are, Mm -hmm. right? And so everybody's about people expressing themselves for who they actually are, but who actually are we? That is such a good point, Tyler. So when it comes to our biology... Um, with the with the transgender movement of today, many people are promoting a modern day myth about gender. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at six different myths that yes. are being promoted in our culture and uh, what the evidence of reality actually shows about these myths. As Christians, we have to be able to assess the truth claims around us and to think critically about what is being said in our culture. And so that's yeah. what we want to do. Yeah. And so the first myth that we're going to touch on is we can create our own reality. Now, again, we don't believe that. That is a myth. People believe this in our culture. Yeah. People do believe it in our culture. Create our own reality. That we can create our own reality, and that's uh, the first myth we are touching on. Uh, this belief is what transgender ideology is built on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the idea that um, I have an internal desire that doesn't match reality, so the answer is to change reality around me. Yeah. Right? That's what it is, uh, that we can create our own reality. But the belief that we can create our own reality is false. It is. It's, it, it's just false. Uh, the big truth there is that we don't create reality. We discover it. That's right. It's something that is there. Like reality doesn't care about the way that we feel or our subjective emotions. Mm-hmm. It's something that is to be discovered. It is the truth. It is something that is objective, that is unchanging, regardless of how we feel about it. Isn't all science built on the idea that we don't create truth, but we discover it? It is. <laughs> Isn't that the scientific method, right? Yes, yes. So and you have this myth that's, that's exactly kind it. of butting heads with science. Yeah, it does. And and that's that's an interesting thing. It's it's something that is completely against 
science against yeah. the scientific method, right? It's it's you're discovering something that is true in reality. Like like yeah. it, for example, for men, it's like I am biological male, but I feel like a woman. They're mm-hmm. they're they're wanting to go against how they are biologically, how yeah. they are scientifically. The facts instead of and, and that's what I've never understood is why why do we say it's the internal feeling that can change the physical reality? Why why don't people say no your physical reality should dictate the internal feeling? Why why do, why does everyone say that the internal belief is what's the realist, not the physical body that's the real? Yeah, that, it's weird it's weird to choose sides like that. And and yeah. the, the the biggest part of it is is that I've never heard an explanation as to why that's permissible. Why yeah. is that the aspect of me that wins out? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it why make is a lot it, of sense. Why is it the internal way that I'm feeling? Yeah. Why does that win over like the way that I already am? Physically. Yeah, yes. physically. Yep. Exactly. So so that's something that that we have to like really think about. Yeah. Right. And we or like bring up, mention that in discussion. Like, I heard right? a guy one time say Ryan Anderson in his book, uh, When Harry Became Sally, which is a great book. Actually, Amazon took it off of their they you won't what? sell it anymore. I heard about that. Yeah. That was that was recent. I've got a copy yeah. if you want to borrow it. Well, so, cool. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. But in his book, he says something interesting. He says something to the effect of, um, he said, I don't know what it feels like to be a man. I am a man, but I don't know what it means to feel like a man on the inside apart from being a man. That's a good point. So he said, so what the transgender yeah. person needs to do is first show me evidence for what it means to feel like I'm a man on the inside. And then they need to prove that they actually have whatever that is. And he said, both things can't be done. Neither thing can be done because aside from being what you are, there isn't a feeling like I am. It's, it's just subjective. It's myth. Yeah. And so again, um, we do want to be careful with this because I think that people who struggle with transgender ideas and, and gender dysphoria, yeah. as it's called, really are struggling with something. It's not just a, oh, I think this will be fun. It's nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to touch more in detail. Yeah, they too. have an internal struggle, of but it's not based on what's true. It's based on believing a lie mm-hmm. or a myth. And so myth number one, we can create our own reality. No, yeah. we don't. We discover reality. Yeah, now myth number two. Myth number two is the idea that gender can be transcended. I mean, that's even what the term is, transgender. I'm transcending my gender. I'm transitioning to the opposite gender. This is a complete myth. No one can truly become transgender. It's true. It's it's yeah. it's it's a it's a, the name itself is not possible. And here's why. Yeah, yeah. In every cell of a man's body, we have XY chromosomes, mm-hmm. and those cannot be changed. In every cell of a woman's body, they have XX chromosomes, and those cannot be changed. So at the molecular level, you are male or female. Mm-hmm. And you can't change those things. Uh, men are, are physically designed different than women are. Typically, men have thicker hands. They have broader shoulders. They have male reproductive organs, right? Women yep. are typically smaller. They have thinner hands. They have wider hips. Plus, they have female reproductive organs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's this myth out there that oh, if you just take the right hormones, you take puberty blockers, then you can change genders. No, you cannot. 
You, it, it's not possible to transition your gender. And not all differences are actually a matter of just having a different hormone. Yeah, you can't just hide. Because essentially what's happening is it's just uh, like the actual transcend, transgender process. Mm-hmm. It's just masking like what it's, you really it's are. It's a facade, yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's really interesting. So um, there's this aspect in physiology that men... Got people with XY chromosomes, right, are able to synthesize serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter. They're, they're able to synthesize it um, faster than women are. Mm-hmm. It's just a physiological thing, and it's not hormonal. This is why, actually, uh, it, serotonin is, um, is associated with having a good mood. Mm-hmm. All right. And this is why men are less likely to experience major depression and anxiety than women are. And also why men are less likely to experience multiple sclerosis than women are. Yeah. So these are scientific facts. But it's also why men have a higher likelihood to experience ADHD and coronary artery disease. Mm. So, so there, the differences aren't merely hormonal. There's a lot of physiological differences between men and women. Now, it is possible to have cosmetic surgery done to to mutilate certain aspects of your reproductive organs, um, but your hips, your shoulders, your hands, your chromosomes, they can't be changed. Yeah. The other thing is this, and, and you don't want to get too graphic, but... When people have, you know, sex reassignment surgery is what it's called. Mm-hmm. This idea where you, you you mutilate your healthy sexual organs, male or female, they're not giving you real functioning opposite sex sexual organs. They're doing plastic surgery on you and making cheap replicas that aren't the real yeah. deal. Men are not given ovaries. Men cannot give birth to, to babies after they no. transcend. It's not a real female reproductive organ. And it goes the same way for women who transition, you know, supposedly transition to mm-hmm. being men. It's not a real male sexual organ. It's fake. It's cosmetic. It's not operational in that way. So this yeah. idea that they transcend isn't true. It's merely a facade. Men can grow their hair long, Uh, men can wear female clothes, men can take estrogen supplements, men can grow breasts, but it doesn't alter their DNA. Yeah. Women can cut their hair short, they can put testosterone into their body, they can grow facial hair, right? But it doesn't re-engineer the way that that their genetics are. Mm. And so what we call transgender is nothing of the sort. It cannot be done. I want to read to you a quote from Dr. Paul McHugh, who is the former psychiatrist-in-chief at Johns Hopkins Hospital. And he said this, At the heart of the problem is confusion over the nature of the transgendered. Sex change is biologically impossible. Mm -hmm. People who undergo sex reassignment surgery do not change from men to women or vice versa. Rather, they become feminized men or masculinized women. Yeah. So myth number two is that gender cannot be transcended. Mm -hmm. Myth number one, we create our own reality. Myth number two, we can transcend our gender. No, those are myths in our culture (laughs) that don't comport with reality. Yeah. And 
On to myth number three. Yes. That is going to be loaded language. Now, loaded yes. language in itself, like that phrase, that's not the myth. The myth is that there's lots of loaded language out there that people take as truth when it is, in fact, a myth. Yes. Uh, so, uh, for example, I'm going to start with the term sex assigned at birth or uh, sex reassignment surgery. You right? hear these terms all the time, right? Yeah, you hear all of them. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, like, it's just interesting because these terms imply that scientific facts do not matter. Yes. They do. It's true. Because uh, like you hear, especially for the one uh, um, like sex reassignment surgery, let's think about that for a second, uh, right? It, it is impossible. That's the thing is that we cannot reassign someone's sex to the point to uh, like biologically mm -hmm. it's impossible. We just went over talking about that like, uh, like gender can't be transcended. Yes. In the same way, like it kind of goes hand in hand with that. It's not possible. Well, and it's also assuming that somebody misassigned. That, that's another thing. Like, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's been a common thing that I hear a lot online, right? Sex assigned at birth. That that one especially, I hear that a lot, and I, I think what it comes from is people say they're like, no, uh, you don't, you got it all wrong. When you, when the doctor takes you as a baby out of your mother's womb and says, yep, it's a boy, they are, they themselves are assigning. You're slapping a label on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that what's happening? That's what happened when you know the baby gets smacked on the yeah, butt. Right, That's the yeah. label. They're like, oh, it's a boy. <laughs> it's the so it's the doctor who assigns what our sex is when we're born. Apparently. Is that what it is? That's what they're or is saying. Is it the parents? It's somebody. Yeah. Because it's at birth, right? Yes. So exactly. sex assigned at birth. Exactly. And that's the thing. And so so that's been becoming a big cultural People say that thing. all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just taken as fact, right? Like, well, like what's, the, what's, what's the problem right? with it? The problem with it is that it is not assigned at birth. It is biological. It, it, it doesn't matter if the mother or father think that it's a boy or girl, or if the doctor says it's a boy or mm -hmm. it's a girl when it comes out. It is a boy or girl based off of its chromosomes, based yep. off of its scientific biological material. Yep. So when you fill out that uh, birth certificate, yeah, what are you doing? So you're, if we're not assigning it, what are we doing when we when we acknowledge that the baby's yeah, a boy yeah. Or what girl? is that? Yeah, yeah. Is it just a, a, an acknowledgement, right? It's, yeah, we recognize reality. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not That's assigning. So, so again, it's it's fascinating, Tyler, because that. That term that you're just talking about, sex mm -hmm. assigned at birth, is assuming the first myth that we create reality. Yeah. No, we don't. That's we exactly what we discover reality, right? Or <laughs> yes, we yes. recognize it. We're not we're not creating it. We're not assigning it. Yeah. There's so many terms that are out there that are yeah. like this. And the the thing is, is they're just being commonly accepted as fact or people are just saying these things yep. without understanding the weight that it carries behind it. Well, and people have even come up with these new ideas about gender isn't the same as biological sex. Yeah. It isn't the same yeah. gender identity and isn't the same yeah, as gender identity, so all of gender expression things. or yeah. gender presentation. These are all words that are coming out and uh, like these terms and phrases and they just, they have so much like baggage with like, like falsehood yeah. that they carry in. And it just sneaks in because it's becoming kind of like catchphrase slogans. I think that's a mm -hmm. good way to put it. Uh, like in it by people using these terms regularly, it keeps in engraving that idea in society that gender is fluid or well, that yeah. gender. Yeah. They're smuggling in their mythology yeah, yeah. through making us use these terms that don't match up with yes, reality. Exactly. And it, that's, that's mm -hmm. the problem. So, so when people say stuff like, well, gender identity 
versus biological sex, and we'd go, wait a second, gender and sex, I think, are the same thing. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you just don't understand. And what are they saying you don't understand? The mythology. Yeah. Right? And that's So it. I'm going to tell you my uh, um, ideology. I'm going to indoctrinate you with my myth by making society use all these different yep. mythological terms. And that's exactly what's happening. And, it and is. So, uh, yeah. Like, th- but that's the thing. Like, there's all these terms out there, uh, like gender appearance or gender uh, expression, right? Yeah. Gender expression is one where um, external appearance of one's gender identity usually is expressed through behavior, through clothing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like cross dressing yep. or, or same dressing. They'll argue that you're uh, even like if you identify with what you were mm-hmm. biologically. That is still a different category. Still, yeah, so exactly. So it's like, okay, so now I've got a biological sex, mm-hmm. which is what my sexual organs are and my chromosomes. But right. then I've also got a gender identity, which is this thing inside of me about how I identify. But then I've also got a gender expression, which is yeah. how I present myself they, to the world. And they say it could or it could not match up with your yeah. biological. And so... And yeah. it might not, and, and my expression might not match up with my gender identity. Yeah, exactly. But these are all just categories people have made up. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever proven that these things actually exist. No, it's just fantasy. It, it is like, 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 myth. A lot of people, like, uh, out there in the world, like, probably, like, they, they're probably going to take offense to that, but it's just true. Mm-hmm. It's a fantasy. Uh, you can't, <laughs> like, like, uh, like, people are trying to uh, express this, as they would say, mm-hmm. through the clothing haircut or voice, right? They yeah. want to express it by changing the way they look. Externally. Say externally. But, but that doesn't have to match up with who I believe I am internally, which yeah. doesn't have to match up with my physiological body. Exactly. Um, and then you just get into a lot of problems with this, though, yeah. because then you get... They also will differentiate between like who I'm attracted to, who I'm not attracted to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who wrote, like, what's that thing about like romantically involved, not romantically involved? Yeah. There's like even like uh, a what difference. What does that mean? There. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's like re- being attracted or the ability uh, to be in a romantic relationship with versus a sexual desire. Uh, they bring that up a lot. That's what they yes. say when you're romantically versus emotionally attracted. What is that? To. Okay, so, okay, so if yeah, I'm not yeah. sexually attracted to. Yeah, let's think about that. But I'm romantically attracted to. Yeah, is that just called friendship? That's what you would think, right? <laughs> like, I don't that's know what thing. that is. Like, what and, the- I, and I think a lot of it is like like ways that people are coping with their lifestyle. Really, that that's all that this is. Yeah. When you boil it down, but this uh, people I've even heard this one through people who aren't a part of the transgender movement. Uh, I've heard this one come up for people saying like like making excuses of who they're sleeping around with. Right? It's sure. like, oh, I'm sexually attracted to this person, but I'm actually romantically attracted to this person. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, what- which again is completely against reality. Yeah. Because- God talks yeah. about how man, sex is created to be in a romantic relationship. That's the point in of a yeah. marriage, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's just it seems like terms to justify your actions and your internal desires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so when it comes down to it, these different mythological categories that they have here uh, have been given these terms all come down to how a person's feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not about, it's not grounded in reality. Yeah. It's not grounded in reality at all. There's it's, no way you could even prove these categories exist. You can't. They're just, no. they're just saying they do. They're just. Yeah. yeah they're not physical traits. There's no. something that people are, are feeling internally. It's subjective. It's wherever the wind blows. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. You can't give a concrete reason. I, I've never at least seen one from people. Well, you can't give saying, evidence for these internal 
things. Yeah, yeah, you can you, say that they're there. Sure. So I think people think this stuff, but oh, that yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. mean that it's real. Yeah, and that's something that, that again, we're going to keep, like, uh, we're going to get into this further, but we fully understand that there's a real emotional thing that's going on. Yeah, people really believe something and feel something. Yeah, yeah, and we're not denying that. We're not thinking but that sometimes we believe yeah. and feel things that aren't true. Of course, of course. And that's what we wanna, we're trying to touch base on here. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's move on to myth number four. Mm -hmm. So myth number four is this idea that others must accept my reality. Yeah. yeah. So others, this is going on in our culture a lot. Others must accept my mythology as opposed to they can believe what they want and I can believe what I want. It's beyond that now. It's to where mm. you have to accept and adopt that what my myth is is true for you mm -hmm. as well. Um, and this is happening even legally. Yeah. Um, so I want to read you this. I hope uh, none of you live in New York City because uh, if you do, this pertains to you. But the New York City Commission on Human Rights has passed this law. I want to I read this. This is literally – I took mm -hmm. it from the internet this morning um, – this is uh, under the, the New York City Commission on Human Rights. <clears throat> um, the law is called failing to use the name or pronouns with which a person self-identifies. So the New York City Commission on Human Rights uh, requires employers and covered entities to use the name, pronouns, and title with which a person self-identifies regardless of a person's sex assigned at birth. Yep. There's that. Regardless of their anatomy, they regardless of gender, regardless of medical history, regardless of appearance, regardless of sex indicated on the person's identification. Yeah. So they're requiring you to use the pronoun the person tells you at the moment, regardless mm -hmm. of their physical, their sexual presentation, their appearance, what it says on their driver's license, what it says on their birth certificate, any of that. You have to use the pronouns they say. Then there's a penalty if you don't. Here's what it is. The commission can impose civil penalties up to $125,000 for violations and up to $250,000 for violations that are the result of willful, wanton, or malicious conduct. The amount of a civil penalty will be guided by the following factors among others. And yeah. then they go on to list stuff. So New York can fine you a quarter of a million dollars <sighs> if you intentionally won't use a pronoun that the person in front of you is telling you to use. Yeah. And that is that is so dangerous. Yeah, it's pretty uh, not scary. Just, not just philosophically as a culture, because we're getting to this point now mm -hmm. that that a state has now made it a law. It's, it's the city. You, it's not the state. So, okay, okay. Yeah, it is the city. Okay, yep, gotcha. But city, still, yep. like even a city. I know that we've gotten to the point that a city has made it a law that you can be fine for for not using the proper pronoun. Well, think of how crazy this is, because this myth is a one way street. This myth only applies one yeah. way. Those pushing for this modern-day mythology believe that you must accept their reality, but that they don't have to accept your reality. That's so true. You see the problem yeah. with that? So if you disagree, you will be called names like mm -hmm. bigot or old-fashioned on the wrong side of history. Or now, if you're in New York City, you could even be fined. And this is happening in Canada. This is happening yeah. in a lot of places. This is interesting to me because it sounds a lot like saying... If you cannot see the clothes we make, it's because you are unfit for your office or unusually stupid. It sounds exactly it like sounds that. It sounds exactly like it, the emperor's new clothes, it's right? It's so true. And, and the thing is, this is just... The, the scary part about this 
is that what ends up happening a lot of times with with laws, right? When when you when things are made legal or mm-hmm. illegal over time, and the more and more that this gets around, like as soon as other cities or other states start to do this, sure. it becomes public acceptance because it engraves into them public myth is what it's called. Yeah, public myth. There you go. Laws they, that say, are still pushing mythology. Yeah, yeah, and it will engrave into the culture even further, and they'll say, yeah, this is a, this is the way things are. Well, but, look at it. Yeah. This isn't the first time we've seen this type of stuff happen in Christian of, history. Of course, Christians yeah. were getting in trouble for not sacrificing to the mythological gods of Rome. Right, yeah. This is the same thing. Mm-hmm. That you can get in trouble if you won't succumb to or bow the knee to the mythological gods that have been set up. Yeah. It's the same you, exact thing. You literally get, get can get fined for not sharing the truth How, or for embracing in a lie. Yeah, if you don't live this fantasy with us, then we punish you for acknowledging the truth. How is this any different from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not bowing down to the golden image? It's, it's, it's the same it's thing. The same, it is the it's same, same thing. It's the same thing. And so it's 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 this oh, mythology yeah. of others must accept my reality, but I do not have to accept theirs. And mm-hmm. this is crazy because it really is just a tactic in name-calling to stop the other person's point of view. Yeah. Or I'm going to find you so you don't push your truth on mm-hmm. me. But I'm going to push, I'm literally going to force my truth on you through legislation and fines. So this is the problem. There needs to be an explanation as to why transgender beliefs determine reality for other people. Mm -hmm. Why do transgender beliefs determine reality for us? Why do we have to live in that fantasy world and accept that mythology? If gender identity is self-created, which they often say, right? Yeah. If there's no, there isn't anything biological. It's not about your biology. It's about what you want to be on the inside. So if it's self-created, why do I have to accept as reality what you've self-created? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. crazy idea. And I wouldn't say that other people have to accept what I self-create as reality because we don't create reality. We discover it. And we should be looking for what's real, mm-hmm. recognizing what's real, and then living under yeah, what's real. Exactly. Well, let's move on to myth number five, Tyler. What's myth number five? Yeah, myth number five is current feelings are final and unchanging. Now, now this mm. is just not true at all. And, you know, I, I think a lot of you uh, who are regulars on the podcast and you understand uh, a lot of what we talk about, you know, you've already know, like, you should know the stuff that this is just far from the truth. Uh, feelings are changing all the time. I mean, yeah. scripture even says, like, the heart is deceitful. Yes. Right. And that no one can know or understand it. And that's yep. the thing. We need to understand that our feelings are temporary. Yeah. And, and that's that's the biblical truth there. So so this is a myth that our current feelings are final and unchanging, Wouldn't you especially say, though, when it comes like, to. Yeah. Tyler, even when it comes to transgenderism, mm-hmm. they I'm pretty sure they claim that gender is fluid. They do. Gender identity is fluid. They do claim Which that it's means fluid. it changes. Yeah. It, so out, right. out of one side of their mouth, the, this ideology is claiming that it's fluid and changing, but then they act as if it doesn't change and it's final. Like, especially with like giving, you know, an eight year old hormone puberty blockers. Well, yeah. Right. Or yeah. having, I mean, you have sex reassignment surgery, mm-hmm. which isn't reassignment, right? But you have, you mutilate your sexual organs. There isn't going back. So you're making decisions. As if 
these feelings are final and unchanging. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. They they tend to kind of go back and forth on that a lot. And mm-hmm. the, the thing is, they even have like like other terms for types of identities out there. Like gender fluid is actually like a gender preference. Sure. It, me- it means like like you're swatching. Uh, Constantly swatching changing. Or, or yeah. I've heard of pansexual. That's like you change your pre- sexual preferences to, hmm. like all the time to where the wind blows, I guess. Okay. And it's like, yeah, there's all these phrases and terms out there. And so it's like clearly they believe that your feelings change yeah yeah and so that's the thing uh and then the interesting thing about this is when young people who have gender dysphoria are given psychotherapy and are not encouraged towards social transition studies show that 80 to 95 percent accept their biological sex by late adolescence Hmm. So do you so see that the majority of them grow out of this idea? Yeah. Is that the idea? Oh, yeah. The study shows that 80 to 95% change their mind. So, so if an adolescent, like if a child or like a teenager yeah. is feeling this way and they're prevented from doing any of that, any of Taking the any drastic measures. Yeah. They're like, look, yeah. just, just don't do anything. Yeah. Just, just sit where you're at. And then by late adolescence, like as they're growing into adulthood, they change their mind. They grow out of it. 80 to 95%. That is massive. That's huge, man. Yeah. 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 And so, so this is So clear. it changes. Yeah. There's scientific studies that have been done, uh, like soci- sociological yeah. studies that have been done that show that people change their minds. So the thing is, is if you're feeling a certain way when you're 15 and you make a drastic decision and your parents sign off on <laughs> mutilating yep. a healthy part of your body... And then you say, I don't think that I'm a girl anymore when you're 20. That's great, but you can't reverse that because you've mutilated you your body. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we should pump the brakes and say, hey, let's make sure people really believe this or feel this. And it's not just like a phase they're going through. Like everybody goes through weird stuff in junior high and high school. Maybe and everybody's trying just... to figure out their identity yeah. in junior high and high school. So maybe we should just hold off until, I don't know, they're old enough to vote. <laughs> or something, or old enough to rent yeah, a car. Is, we're even—I think we're even giving a lot of leniency into saying, "Let's hold off." I, this shouldn't even be legal or allowed no, at of all. Of course not, because because it's ha- happening. Human beings are mutilating themselves. But I feel like even it's from happening. a non-Christian perspective, you would think, "Let's just wait and see at least, what they think when they're yeah. twenty-two or something." You like can, that. Yeah, we gotta at least understand. Like, why do we let kids not get tattoos? Why do we sure. tell them they can't drink? Why can't, vote, why can't they uh, can't own a join gun? the military? Yeah, like, why is that? It's because we know the truth as a society yeah. that we make stupid decisions in our youth, and we can't <laughs> yes. think things through sometimes because we're growing, we're learning, we're 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 growing up, right? That's yeah. the thing. Like, kids need to be kids and figure out life. Yep. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting about this myth number five is that um, there's so many people who have transitioned, right, to the different genders. Right. Even though you can't, but that's mm-hmm. the term. Um, and then they're disillusioned with it and they detransition. Mm-hmm. And when they go back and gender is fluid, people get mad at them. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second. I thought I could be who I wanted to be. No, you have to be the myth that we want you to be. And as long as you're playing along with it, we love it. But then when you detransition, we hate it. Exactly. And yeah. the detransition stories are plenty. There, I have a There's whole book of them. Yeah. on people who've detransitioned because they're disillusioned with it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to myth number six. 
Myth number six, the last myth, is that methods for transitioning are healthy and helpful. This is completely false. Um, Treating transgender people with physical surgery and hormones, I think, is the complete wrong tool for the job. This is completely what we should not be doing. Um, In the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, the fifth one, the DSM-5, which is what psychiatrists use for diagnosis, um, it refers to transgenderism still as gender dysphoria which they they, uh, define as, quote, a marked incongruence between one's experienced or expressed gender and gender assigned uh, and assigned gender, mm-hmm. sorry. And see, again, they smuggle in that assigned gender when it yeah, should just yeah. say biological gender or something it's, like it's that. It's another one of those loaded terms. Yep. Yeah. But but what this means is that according to the American Psychiatric Association, transgenderism is a disassociation with what you think and what is real. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, a disassociation with what you think and with what is real. And so the question that I have is, why are we treating a mental problem with physical surgery? Yeah, we don't we don't do that with anything else. It's really weird yeah. when you think about it. So maybe in, instead of making the physical body match the inner perception, we should make the inner perception match the physical body. Yeah. Right? So think about it like this. Um, uh, right now in current culture, anorexia is still seen to be harmful to people, right? We don't believe people can do whatever they want, like kill themselves or starve themselves. Mm-hmm. So anorexia, so when there's you know a, a, a girl who is yeah. 85 pounds, you know, a 17-year-old girl is 85 pounds, and she still looks in the mirror and she still views herself as being fat. She's not. She needs to eat. She is not fat at all, right? Mm-hmm. But her perception doesn't match reality. It doesn't match what's real. Well, why don't we give the anorexic liposuction to help her physical body match her internal perception? Yep. Everybody would say, that's crazy. Like, you can't do that. That'll harm her. That's bad for her. (laughs) Well, what's the difference with what we're doing with people who have gender dysphoria and then we mutilate their sexual organs or pump them full of hormones so they physically change? We're treating a, a, a mental issue with physical surgery when I think maybe we should work on the mental side of it and not mutilate people's bodies, right? Nobody yeah. would be okay with doing that to an anorexic. Of course. And, and I want to share a quote from uh, a w- woman who transitioned and has now de-transitioned. Mm. Uh, this is very interesting. It says, When I was transitioning, no one in the medical or psychological field ever tried to dissuade me or to offer other options to do really anything to stop me besides tell me I should wait till I was 18. I want to ask you, how many other medical conditions are there where you can walk into the doctor's office, tell them you have a certain condition which has no objective test, Mm. which can be caused by trauma or mental issues or societal factors and receive a life altering, uh, medication on your say so. And this is from, from Carrie, a woman who is transit detransitioned. So yeah, that's the yeah. craziest part. You go in and tell them you have this thing that they can't test objectively. Yeah, they can't. And they'll give you life altering medication or surgery based on you there's, telling them you have a thing. There's nothing else like it. It's pretty crazy. Like you can't buy amphetamines over the counter no, because people think you can't. you're going to make meth. And you can't go and say, hey, I need morphine because I've self-diagnosed myself. But with this, you can 
It, it doesn't make it doesn't. sense. It doesn't. It, it, like, uh, sadly, the person pl- is placing their hope, uh, who is placing their hope in becoming transgender, can never attain what they are desiring. And yet, th- that's they're, so sad. They're seeking it out. And when they're going to seek it out, what they're desiring, they're just mutilating and hurting themselves more in the process and being enabled by doctors, yep. doctors and psychologists who are originally, like, I'm pretty sure they all got to take an oath of like not doing any harm, right? Isn't that a thing? I thought it was to help restore what should be, not to... Take away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so it's very sad. It's tragic. It's uh, really sad because like... The thing with the transgender thing is is people have a problem internally mm-hmm. and they're struggling for sure. It's a real issue. But we encourage them to do this thing that won't accomplish what they want it to accomplish. Because yeah, yeah, you can't exactly. transition. You can't transcend your gender. You can't, right. Which it, only leads to disillusionment. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's the thing. It's heart-wrenching, uh, the pain and turmoil that they're going through. And then on top of that, uh, they're they're thinking like like that they're their body is not in alignment with their sex, like, mm-hmm. right? Like their, their gender identity, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it tortures them internally. Yeah. So then through that, they're, they're in their mindset. The only way out is by going through this process that further damages and mutilates their body. And the lie that they believe is that they can actually accomplish the process. It is. That but is you can't the accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And so when they don't accomplish it, it leads to a whole lot of turmoil. Yeah, they're putting psychological everything disorders. in something that can't happen. Yeah. And so what happens is when they do go through with what society says will accomplish what they want, they realize this didn't accomplish what I wanted. Yeah. I'm still not a woman or I'm still not a man. And this is where it's really sad and we need to have compassion and love and empathy for people that are struggling with this. Um, Two thirds of transgender people suffer from multiple psychological disorders such as phobias and depression. And 41%, hear me on this, 41% of transgender men and women have attempted suicide. Mm, That's almost half. This is insane. The general population, the the rate of suicide attempted in the general population is 1.6%. And yet 41% of transgender men and women Mm. have attempted suicide. Why? Because they realize that what they were putting all their hope in is something that they can't accomplish. And after they see that that functional savior has failed, what do they have? Mm. Nothing. They have nothing. And yeah. so there, you have a quote from a former transgender man uh, who, who put it really succinctly with why he's not shocked about the suicide rates in the transgender community. Mm. So you want to go yeah, ahead and yeah, read that? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do that. And it, it's just crazy because we just see that this, like, through this quote, it kind of sheds some light onto how it bad does. it really is. Yeah. Uh, He put it this way. He said, it occurred to me after much self-reflection that asking a surgeon to modify my appearance through a series of cosmetic procedures was simply a socially acceptable means of self-mutilation and Mm self-destruction. Taken to the extreme, self-destruction leads to suicide. See, see. It's, it's just, it's so serious. He understood that. And that's, that's something that we're, well, and that's what he's saying is he's saying if, if people are willing to cut off healthy body parts Mm. to bring wholeness to their soul, what's the difference of killing the entire body or cutting off the entire thing? He's saying, you see, it's a slow progression towards suicide. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It it encourages and it helps and it enables. So sad. It does. It does. 
And the big point here that we're trying to get with you guys is that human wholeness comes not by denying reality, but by conforming to it. Yes. And that's with everything. We're not just talking about transgenderism with this here. We're talking about just life, right? Yep. Uh, what is real? Is Jesus real? What is a human being? What purpose was I made for? Uh, these are the types of questions that need to be answered, right? Because as Jesus said himself, the truth will set you free. Yep. And, and what imprisons us is when we believe in the lies that are out there in society and we try to accept them as truth. Yep. Lies, or as we've been calling them today, myths. Myths. Right? Yeah. That's what they yeah. are. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's where we need to conform to reality. And so, again, going back to the idea that as Christians, we are all for people being who they truly are. Mm. But let's not believe lies about who we truly are. Yeah. Let's figure out who we really are. Let's recognize who we truly are. Mm. Not live according to fantasy and mythology, but live according to what's real. And so mm. that that is what sets people free, free, living according to what's true and real. <laughs> Absolutely. So affirming people that are suffering with, with transgenderism or having these thoughts is so destructive. When we affirm this belief, we're basically telling people that something is horribly wrong with who they are. Think about it. People say, I want people to be who, truly, who they truly are. And so if they believe that internally they're a woman, but their biological sex is a man, I'm all for them being who they truly are, which means you have to change everything about who you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's so opposite. That's like right. as Christians are saying, no, people can be who they actually are. You don't have to change for me to love mm. you. You don't have to change for me to think you're authentic. Yeah. You can be who you are. You don't have to mutilate your body in order to be who you are. You can just be who you are presently. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a crazy idea. This is the opposite of real affirmation in that they should be who they truly are. Affirming transgenderism is telling someone they're not who they should be and that mm. they have to undergo some serious drastic changes to fix themselves. Yeah. Right. It's just such a lie, right? So doing that isn't loving. And in fact, it reinforces the idea that who they are is not worthy of love until they change. Mm, yeah. This is the opposite of the gospel. God loved us before we changed. God loved us when we were a mess. First uh, John 4.19 says, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. This is huge. That's Romans 5.8. First uh, John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us, right? He didn't say, you have to change before I'll accept you. Yeah, that's right. He said, I, I'm going to accept you where you are at. And that is what we as Christians need to do with yeah. people who are struggling with just transgender ideology. Yeah, that's exactly it. And like, that's the question. So what, what's practical? What yeah, yeah, what's practical, Tyler? Uh, How do we do this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's to love your transgender neighbor, right? Wait, uh, wait, wait. I thought it just says love your neighbor. <laughs> Who's my neighbor? Everyone. Right? Exactly. Everyone Everyone's your neighbor. That's Everybody you encounter. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's the thing. Like uh, we need to understand and seek out them too, and like love them in intention. Yeah. And, and what what that means is um also affirming that they can be themselves. So so what if they have a little bit of a tendency in themselves where they they feel like maybe they are a little more feminine or maybe a little bit more masculine, sure. depending on what it is. Uh, they don't have to become transgender in order to affirm who they 
they really are. Yeah. They can just be themselves and you can love them and you can nurture and be their friend, right? You That's can, right. You can, you can take care of them. We're and supposed to care about people. Yeah. All people. All people. Yeah. yeah. Empathize with them too. Empathize with, with the pain they're going through. They have a struggle. Talk to them. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. S- sit down with them and uh, like r- check on how they're really doing. Like yep. really dive deep and ask like, how are you? Right. Yep. Like, but, and get just be that person in their life who they can talk to. Like be that person. That's a one way, big way that we can love them. Yeah. Uh, but lastly, we also want to speak truth to your transgender neighbor, right? Yes. Uh, like, like the emperor's new clothes story, right? We don't want them to be parading around naked. We yeah. want to tell them the truth. We want to, them to understand, like, this is not reality. You need to, to, to realize who you are and who God created you. That's right. right. And that's the thing. And that's the whole message that we're trying to get across in this episode is we want everyone to understand that uh, just because uh, you're going through something where you're, you're, you're mentally uh, going through a lot of psychological issues where you feel that you don't identify with your sex or with everything mm-hmm. that's going on in the confusion, the dysphoria. Yep. You are still loved. God still loves you. And yep. you understand you, your feelings are valid. What you are going through is very, very difficult. But there has, we need to understand that there is truth in, out there. And we need to share that with transgender or people who are going suffering through tra- uh, gender dysphoria yeah. and love. Yeah. Well, and the, the moral of the emperor's new clothes is that you shouldn't let the fear of of speaking the truth keep you from speaking the truth yeah you shouldn't let your pride of not wanting to be called dumb Mm. keep you from speaking the truth and you shouldn't let the fear of what other people think keep you from speaking the truth exactly and i I know a lot of christians who don't want to speak up on these things uh and it's because well i might appear to be bigoted or people might think i'm a horrible human being well are you being a horrible human being because people are going to, yeah, that's, yeah the that's the question is, people are, are you really think? doing that or are you living yeah. for perception? Because we have mm-hmm. to live according to what God has told us. And it's really loving exactly. to speak truth with people, but we can also speak truth and be kind yes. and be respectful mm-hmm. and be compassionate to people like Jesus was when he spoke with a whole bunch of people in scripture. That's yeah. who we're supposed to be. So don't let pride or fear keep you from speaking the truth. We mm-hmm. need to help people to recognize lies and not live according to mythology. Ancient mythology or modern day mythology. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And yeah, if you want to read up more on uh, the transgender movement, uh, Ryan T. Anderson's book, When Harry Became Sally, is amazing. Highly recommend you get it. You can still buy it at Barnes & Noble. You can also buy it from Ryan T. Anderson's website. Yeah, there's places Um, online You just can't get it on Amazon. There's other places than Amazon where you can still buy it. And so we'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can go grab that if you would like. But he's done a masterful job at presenting the facts on... Mm -hmm. um, on this whole this whole situation so thank you again for being with us today on christ culture and coffee go out and impact your culture with truth and with grace at the same time we'll catch you guys next week if you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our Stoneware, Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee.